0: Sharon, how are you today? I'm absolutely lovely, thank you very much, looking forward to this. I know, I'm so excited about this one. Um, Welcome to everybody and in this episode we're going to be discussing our inspirations, where our passions come from, our inspirations and our influences. So yeah, there's a lot to go through on this one, I'm really excited. So shall we get started? Absolutely, yes. Now, I think the first thing we need to tell everybody is exactly where you and I met and it was long before we were doing all of this stuff and it wasn't until quite some time after we got to know one another again that it kind of dawned on me where we had first met. So what were you doing at the time Sharon? Well this was
1: pre-Justin, pre-my son, we're going back a rather a long time aren't we? Ah. And I don't really know when. So it must have been somewhere in the mid to late 80s, I reckon. It had to be. It had to be. And at at that stage, I used to cook. And um, I made jams and jellies and pickles and chutneys, farms and delicatessens, butchers. Um, You know, if you go to your local farm around here and you pick up a jar of jam, that was me. And um, I called myself what
0: a pickle uh, because I just always seemed to be in one. (laughs) I think that's just a brilliant name for what you were doing. I was always in a pickle because
1: you know that the the house was just full of jars and full of fruit and we had three freezers full of fruit at the time and I used to do lots and lots of fairs and events and exhibitions around the countryside and um, they would be anywhere in church halls, villages, sports centres, all the craft fairs we used to do and we think that's, well we know that's where we very first
0: met. Well shall I, shall I say how I recall it and then mm-hmm. you can tell me if you remember it at all, you probably don't even remember it at all. No. But my, my recollection is we were in a marquee show somewhere can't remember exactly where um probably southeast Kent Essex somewhere sort of that that part of the UK um it was a marquee show and we had this long marquee and I was down one side of the marquee about halfway down and your stall was right by the entrance and just outside the entrance there was a little coffee van and I used to toddle up and down the, the marquee yep. from time to time, go out and have a coffee. And at one point, I was standing there waiting for my coffee, and you came up behind me, and we got chatting. And you said, "Oh, you know, I've seen you walking past a few times. What stall are you on?" And we got chatting. And at that point, you said, "I'm thinking of doing something similar." And we had this conversation, and I remember you saying about that you loved fantasy arts, um, but that wasn't all that you did. But that was where where your Um, leaning was towards at the time Um, and I remember your hair (laughs) (laughs) I distinctly remember your hair Um, and we had this conversation for probably 10 minutes or so and for the rest of the weekend we'd wave and say hi to one another we were at different ends of a marquee so we weren't sort of standing and chatting all the time and that was it and it wasn't till years later and I think you made some comment about you having done the jams and I was thinking that's you <laughs> and that's where we
1: first met isn't life just bizarre like that where were you living at that
0: time I was just down the road in um, Whitehill in Hampshire where were you we were in Hertfordshire at the time so I okay. was kind of doing anything that I could get to around the M25 so it could have been anywhere around that yeah. M25 yeah. Uh, band so yeah, yeah. I don't know I don't know but it is amazing that when you kind of there was a little trigger of something that made me think I remember something here and it took a while to kind of click into place but um, isn't that incredible I I gave all that up when we moved here okay Um, because I we moved
1: here when my lad was just eight months old and um I wanted to just start again and just be a mum so I decided to um, forget all about that. And of course, boiling hot jam at 130 degrees C is a bit dangerous for
0: youngsters. a baby, yeah. So, how yeah. old is Justin now? 29. Oh, crikey. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah.
1: So, that's. Our life how changes. It. Yes. But how strange, I often think to myself, years and years ago, I went to a concert at um, Earl's Court, uh, 1975 it was-ish, and we saw Led Zeppelin there. And Mm. in the interim years, the number of people that I have met who have said, we were there. wow. only stand there at that time and say to a room full of oh 60,000 people I don't know how many people and say to them all put your hand up if I'm going to meet you in a future life
0: (laughs) wouldn't it be interesting that would be fascinating yes (laughs) absolutely absolutely well going back to what inspired us birth I was listening to your episode of Sharon Talks Art and you were talking about how your mum was painting um, and you'd come home and she'd be in the kitchen with chaos all around her. So do you want to just give us a little reminder about that? Because I've got a mum story and it's similar, <laughs> different, but similar. So if we start off um, there, that would be wonderful. Our lives are quite parallel, aren't they, really? Yeah. Yeah. Um- Well, my my grandmother was
1: always arty and crafty because I remember the mirrors in the house had all been hand-painted by my grandmother and she wore beautiful, beautiful clothes that had been hand-embroidered. And my mum obviously picked up from there as well because mum tried everything. You know, in my years at home, she tried everything. And she was a peculiar character because as soon as she had kind of achieved what she wanted to learn, that was it. She was fed up with it and she didn't bother with it um, and art was very much like that so she went through this whole phase there was a teacher on TV called Nancy Kaminsky and mm-hmm. mum used to watch the programmes and then she would she bought the book and bought all the oils and she had a go and you know she was really really very very good at it and oh. from there I suppose like most mums I'd come home and she'd say come on you have a go too here's the stuff you, you paint with me and of course, doing things like that with our parents are special times,
0: aren't they? Very special memories. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. You Very know, much what, so. what happened with your mum then? OK, well, my story it has a happy ending, but it has a little bit of a sad bit in the middle. Um, my mum used to paint and she was mostly into her oil painting. Um, And I've got a couple of her paintings around, but they're not in very good condition anymore. Um, So I need to kind of do a little bit of work to, to preserve them, really. But she used to do oil painting and it was something she did before she had my sister and myself. And she didn't do so much of it after, you know, we came along. I don't remember seeing her much sitting and painting the occasional painting would appear so she obviously did it when we were at school or, or, or when we were out but she always encouraged us to, to draw and, and to be as creative as we wanted to be but when I got to a point I remember probably middle of junior school where I started painting and drawing more um and clearly there was a spark there when I was painting and drawing so my teachers would get me to do the drawings for the posters on the walls and you know my friends would ask me to draw cartoons for them copy things out of magazines and I I used to love doing all of that and I remember her one day saying to me she put her paints away she put them in the wardrobe and she said it's your thing now and I was heartbroken that she wouldn't do it and she stopped painting for a couple of decades probably didn't paint anything at all she put her oils away she said no you're better than me it's your thing now and i always felt incredibly guilty that i'd stopped her doing something that she had clearly loved doing and then how how long ago probably um 25 years or so ago uh, I said to my dad I said look I I still feel guilty about mum not painting at that point neither of us had done any watercolour she'd done oils I was doing oils the occasional acrylic but that that was kind of where my thing was so I said right dad I'd like you to buy me a watercolour weekend for my Christmas present and I'm going to buy the same watercolour weekend for mum and we're going to go together and neither of us had done watercolour so it was new to both of us and we went off and we did this weekend with Ron Ransom. I don't know if you remember. Oh, him. Yeah. 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 And he, he did the early. He was probably one of the pioneers of the um, how to video. You know, he, he was one of the early adopters of that. Um, so we went down to his place down in Gloucestershire for a weekend and we learnt the basics of watercolour together and she never stopped painting to the end of her life. Oh, bless her. So that was wonderful. And she oh. sold and she was she was wonderful um when we get on to a couple of other things in a minute there was a couple of instances when we came back from that and we were trying different things and we were exposed and we were just in fits of laughter at how awful we were but also how much fun it was
1: yeah
0: yeah Um, and we developed from there so so yeah my mum's story was is slightly different from you but she did always paint and she is the one who made me feel I could do it yeah yeah Um, no matter how good or bad or whatever stage you're at, she was the one that made me feel, yeah, I could do this if I want to. And if I enjoy it, which I loved, um, she made me feel I could do it. So I thank you, mum.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Mothers are precious, aren't they? Mine yes. was my um, in her latter years. So when she was 70s going into her 80s, so the biggest joke was that she used to say that she was the oldest roadie in the business because she used to come with me to my demos because it was an outing, wasn't it? You know, somewhere to come with me. And she used to sell my bits and pieces and she was my biggest fan, you know. And we had this double act going because she'd be at the back of the room. And, I, you know, if she got up to go outside and get a breath of fresh air. I'd make some witty comment down the back of the room, you know, like, can't you take it anymore? And everybody would turn and look to see what, what was going on. And, um, yeah, she was just wonderful from that point of view. And she, she'd say to me halfway through, you've forgotten that bit. And everybody would look like this. Good
0: old mums, keep, <laughs> keeping it real. Yeah. So, yeah but you know what? Sadly, I, I lost my mum 12, 13 years ago. But I know that if she'd have been around, she would have come with me to my demos. She came yeah. to a few with me at the beginning and then she wasn't very well um but she would have been my roadie had she had she yeah. been there um yeah. so yeah they, they sound quite alike and I think they would have got along extremely well absolutely they're roadieing up in heaven now I think they are <laughs> hopefully they're they're cheering us on cheering
1: us on <laughs> my mum will be up there saying to god don't do it like that do it like this <laughs> <laughs> you've missed a bit <laughs>
0: Oh, we've got to love them haven't we yes very much so they they made us who we are didn't they oh totally totally Uh I wouldn't be here without my mum um at all at at all yeah and you know while we're, we're talking about that I also want to to give a shout out to my husband Tim because he has enabled me to do what I do um he worked shift work he was in the police so me doing a regular job when the children were growing up was very difficult. So my art fitted very easily around what I was doing. But you know what it's like, you, you don't earn a good living doing this. Um, and he was incredibly supportive and said, you know, do what you need to do um, because yeah. you're supporting me yeah. because of my shift pattern. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's true, isn't it? Nick was very much the same, actually, although he had a bit of a nasty shock. Um, when I was in my early to mid 40s, I was unlucky enough to have cancer and that completely changed my life. And um, the person that I was didn't walk out the other end of it. Right. And I became this somebody else who decided that they wanted to do this with their life instead. And, and <laughs> the hell with the consequences, really. And this poor man kind of stood back and looked suddenly and thought what's going on you know I I changed the way I dressed the way I walked everything about me changed and of course it it was a shock and he stood by me and let me get on with it so same applies
0: so ditto two lovely men oh they're wonderful well you know me doing what I did was never going to be easy um in terms of finances, you don't earn a great deal doing doing what yeah. we do. There's very few people who make fortunes out of this. But I think we're rich in other ways.
1: Yes, I mean, if I consider that I can get somebody else out there painting and mm-hmm. um, create some inspiration in somebody else... That's what today is all about, isn't it? Showing people what inspired us and hoping that it might spark that little match that lights the candle, that lights the conflagration and becomes something
0: completely different. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but hey. but you're, you're all well now? Yeah, touch wood. Thank you very much. Yes, that's touch good. Wood. That's good. Yeah. yeah. So, moving on, um, I'm looking at the picture over your shoulder. And I know there is a tale to tell (laughs) about an inspiration there. We're going to go on to other things in a minute. But whilst we've got that over your shoulder, I would like to ask about young Luke.
1: Right. Well, uh, the young gentleman over my shoulder here, he is um, one of my son's friends. And his name is Luke Urquhart-Oates, an actor and a model. And this young man one Sunday walked into my house And um, I took one look and just knew it. it, it, I just had to paint it. You know, it's unequivocal. You know, when you look at something, whether it's a flower or a dog or a pet or a person, and you just look at them and you think, I've got to do that. You know, (laughs) it it creates these images in your head. So I created, well, actually, we created between us um, two whole personas, I had been painting Wanda, so she's mm-hmm. my sort of, bit of a dopey witch, young girl gets everything wrong, if it can go wrong it will, yes. and um, then we, we sat down the two of us, not Wanda you understand Luke, and yes. discussed her life and the pictures I'd been painting and decided that um, Wanda would have a bit of like, love interest. Wow. And so this is where all this comes from. So I started painting the two of them together. I, I did their their meeting and how they got on and, you know, the, the escapades they got up to. And Wanda has a cat, pet cat, called Ghost, and a spider in her chopsticks that she keeps in her hair. And the spider's called Spectre. And Luke decided that he wanted a moth that he could wear on oh, his outfit that would change colour with each different um, outfit that he wore. And the moth is called Engaroth. So these are all names that he came up with. But, but I
0: can how, show, yeah, how wonderful having that um, story and, and having Luke being involved and having an input into, into the painting. And I'm sure that yeah. must inspire you, doesn't it? I you. Yes.
1: I mean ideally one day where well, he's he's classically trained he's he studied classics at uni and um he's a writer himself and some of the stories that he can create I would love to be able to paint and have him put the story to the paintings and to produce a book with these things so I mean this is just I'm just sure you so will do it yes yeah. So here yes. you have the man himself. Um, he's currently working out in um, Spain on the one of the world's largest um, entertainment shows. He's a pirate. Okay. So how cool is that? And I've yes, got, I can see him being that. And so here you have another picture that I've paint, painted. Um, he's with the cat I and can you can see. see the spider in the tree. And he's created this little spell because he's a wizard himself. And the spell has created a gust of wind which has blown the cat from the branch and nearly blown the spider out of the tree. Every <laughs> single picture I have tells a story. I just believe in it firmly that it needs to have a story.
0: That's wonderful. <laughs> I, I, again, it's it's just so evocative of um, it's just evocative of the tale of. A scenario of the people involved so yeah no that's that's fast <laughs> so what what stimulates your
1: imagination what do you you paint the sea you love it don't you you love the
0: water so have the you water. T- well and I like all the moods of the water as well so I do like going down to the to the beach as you know we've, we've moved up to the Norfolk Suffolk border and we're not far from the coast so I, I go down to the beach as frequently as I can and I cannot wait to get my paints back and go and be able to sit on the beach again and and, and paint in situ. Um, I think out there outside is so impressive so inspirational and um, light impresses me color impresses me mother nature impresses me um and i just i just want to see if i can do it do you know what i mean do it justice um the older i've got and the more experienced i've got the less i want to be really critically detailed yeah um, and the more i want to be expressive um a little bit more impressionistic and the impressionists were one of my inspirations, which we will get on into in a few minutes. Um, But I like that sort of the shimmer of light and colour, but I also now like more texture and a more painterly quality to it as well. And maybe that's just my changing um, passions as Mm. as you play with paint more, you like the paint to have a say too. My favourite part of the sea is where the sea and the land interact. So you've got the, the sand, you've got the water, you've got the air, and they're all kind of melding together. And that's the bit I find fascinating, where you get those rows of bubbles and the Oh, foam God, the knees. That's fantastic.
1: You Actually, you've got three elements there, haven't you? Earth, yeah. water and air. Oh, it's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, I um, do love that. Do you know, it's the whisper of white mm-hmm. on the the water on the beach what do you call that do you know what you call that well Those to me it's froth. it's the
0: froth it's the air the it's, the, it's, the froth. it's just well, gorgeous. i suppose to me i kind of think of it as lace work yeah
1: nature's yeah. lace yeah and the translucency you've got in the water is just
0: gorgeous
1: you could almost see through it
0: thank you so this is a very different one. This is, again, it's that, that shore edge. But living on the East Coast, we often get these coffee-coloured seas. And I know they're traditionally not, you know, as glamorous as the turquoise seas that you see, but I still think they're fantastic. Mm. Mm. They're really the light's exciting. good, yeah. Interesting.
1: Yeah, I can see the lights, you know, shimmering on... On. I like the idea of coffee-coloured water, though. Mm. Yeah. That's a good way to describe it. I know what you mean. I mean, that's the colour of the Thameses. The spume is good on that one, the top of the waves where, where you've got flicks. Thank that's you. That's a nice effect, yeah. Look what I've got. <laughs> is that a picture
0: <laughs> plant? It's,
1: yeah, it is. It's one of my um, carnivorous plants, and it's a clever little devil because... It grows these pitchers and they're actually full of it's, it's water, but it's, it's water plus because this is where they trap flies and digest the flies to feed themselves. And these little hats on the top stop the water from getting in when it rains in the tropics. But these, I collect all sorts of weird and wonderful plants. I just love strange plants. And um, I, in fact, you're talking to the woman who's just expecting a new greenhouse to arrive any minute for a big egg. Specifically,
0: specifically and, for your weirdos.
1: Yes. And <laughs> so you see, these wonderful plants give me the opportunity to have a sit in a drawer, but I don't necessarily draw them the way I'm looking at them. I kind of, um build them up and create my own and these have become known over the years as my weirdos would you like to see one I would love to yes please so here we are this is um one of my strange plants this is probably about it's not a four so it would be a five maybe and I've done with um ink tents so it's a watercolor pencil which is ink rather than um paint Um, and pigment but uh, I just enjoy greatly taking the shape of something and creating something quite bizarre with it
0: it's wonderful it it, it's that kind of fantasy um you can see there's an element where you've taken it from a real plant but then you kind of let it develop and and evolve into its own thing isn't that fun
1: yeah, and I like them to have to, to grow feathers sometimes, or they've got leaves that are feathers and, and strange bits and pieces on them. I like that kind of dichotomy. It's
0: fun. Sharon's it's fun. Imaginarium. Yeah, I like that too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Indeed, indeed. So taking this back a little way further... What TV programs did you watch as a child that were art based that inspired Ooh. you?
1: Oh, gosh, I think, like most artists, I absolutely adored Vision On. Yes. Vision, Vision On was, was fabulous. That. And loved Tony Hart and Morph. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that little plasticine creature. I mean, Nick Parks nowadays, think about it, but for goodness sake, he was the forerunner, wasn't he? And um, I wasn't so much um, a blue peter girl because Mm -hmm. i found that that was more crafts and making things but i love magpie on the other side because they were much more arty
0: yep i was a magpie girl definitely and there's another one i'm the same as you with you know vision on particularly was always a favorite of mine Mm. there aren't enough arty programs on the tv i don't think i mean i As you know, I took part in the Landscape Artist of the Year with Sky Arts and that's fabulous. Um, Would you remember Watercolour Challenge? Oh, I loved that.
1: And Hannah Gordon. Yes. That was so gentle and soft, wasn't it? There was no great criticism like, um, dare we mention Daphne. (laughs) Yes. You know, there was no, no great criticism and nobody was made to feel awkward or, or difficult or forced to, to create something in a particular style that would please the judges. They all went out and they did their own thing and everybody got a bit of praise for it, didn't they? I just love the gentleness of it.
0: And I think it inspired so many people. Oh, to it did. Yeah, without a doubt definitely it an inspirational program yeah
1: lovely program actually but mm. that that cry of there's not enough art in that respect on tv I it, it's a teeny bit better because we've yes. got Grayson Perry on haven't we yes. and the landscape artists and they've been doing the portrait and we've got the pottery sling down haven't we yes sorry throw down <laughs> um, But you try try politely throwing a bit of pottery on a wheel. It's more like a chuck it, not it? My goodness.
0: It's quite hard to centre a piece of pottery. You've never tried it. Oh, gosh, yes.
1: Yeah, pottery throwdown sounds so sort of nice and, you know, but it isn't. (laughs) (laughs)
0: No, No, it, it is improving. But I don't think they've quite hit the watercolour challenge just hit the right note yeah
1: didn't it Joss? with so many people yeah
0: and i have to say i do like landscape artists of the year and i cannot say how pleased i am that that and the portrait is now on terrestrial yeah. So we don't have to
1: so the yeah jump through hoops to try and find a way to watch it yes yes so, yeah i think it's
0: great yeah. yes well what about books then what oh, books have them. you loved
1: It's interesting everybody because yesterday Denise and I were chatting on Messenger and both saying that you know in preparation for this we had been going through our bookshelves to see what we had and I have to admit I was exactly the same as you and you said to me I've had a lovely afternoon going through my books and so have I and you know here they are sitting next to me I've found all my books that really really I love um uh, having got having that in my hand I may as well show you yes um, please do she's, she's one of my favorites oh, okay. um, um she's absolutely it's so edgy this is hilarious it's about the witch who yeah. um has been thrown out of work and so she lives in a chapel a deconsecrated chapel with a vampire who's sworn off blood <laughs> and a, a vegetarian vampire yes. and um, a pixie and they're all private investigators and the pixie lives in the hoop of her it or sits in the hoop earrings underneath her hair to stay warm
0: and to listen to everything that's going on
1: well, do you know theory. what
0: when you first put pick that book up I was thinking oh I've I've gone for painting books that I, I was inspired <laughs> by um and I was thinking oh god did I do the wrong thing should I have done other things but I can absolutely when you describe that book see how that's influenced and inspired what you do Excellent. so yeah there's, there's no reason why it has to be one thing yeah. or another so you've gone for for art books have you I've, I've gone through my art book collection for things that have inspired oh, me and, have and What's, well, what have you got there then the first one is this one, it's called How to Make Watercolor Paint Itself by Nita Engel. Um, and this book is all about, I haven't got any particular pages to, to thrust up, but it's, it's all about throwing paint on the, on the paper and then seeing what happens. Um, and I've got a picture I'd like to show you in just a second of my mum. Now, when we got back from our weekend away with um, Ron Ransom, We decided to have a couple of days in the summer in the garden, and we decided, let's get this book and we'll see what we can what we can do. Um, And it involved taking your paint paper down and pouring paint and pouring water and tipping. We had to do it in the garden. There was so much mess everywhere. Um, And then seeing what you you could make from this. Um, And I cannot tell you how much we laughed. And I'm going to find a picture now. I'm this is how different. I remember my mum from when we were doing these painting sessions in the garden. I mean, literally, yeah. we were crying with laughter. <laughs> so that was did that messy. Sorry, did you get terribly messy? Yes, incredibly messy. <laughs> um, there was paint everywhere. There was probably more paint on us on the patio and on the grass than there was on the painting. On paper, yeah. Um, <laughs> And we had no idea what we were doing, but we really, really enjoyed it. Um, And another one, again, this is based on the the Ron Ransom weekend, was Learn Watercolour, The Edgar Whitney Way. Now, Edgar Whitney taught Ron Ransom to paint. Okay. Um, And this book, for me, has always been there's there's things that he he does in here he puts these little quotes throughout the book and let me um, just read a couple of them no talent can survive the blight of neglect oh yeah yes yes art is rational if you follow the laws you produce a good painting if you break the laws it's a bad painting Although my only rule is that there are no rules. So, you know, I was going to
1: say I might disagree with that. (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) Courage. Courage is grace under pressure. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. You get facts from nature, but you get art from artists. Yes. Yes. So The whole book is full of little, little things like that. And Edgar Whitney also came up with the mama, papa, baby, which I still think about when I'm doing a painting. So he's got this mama, papa, baby. And apparently there is a way that he used to tell this, um, which is not very politically correct. So I'm going to give you the incorrect version first and then what I think should be more more appropriate. Um, The baby is the centre of attention. So that's your focal point. But it's also the smallest thing. Mama is there to support the baby and she's guiding your attention to the baby. And the papa is the large thing in the background that doesn't do anything. (laughs) (laughs) But I think the politically correct way of saying that is papa is in the background and is the largest area, but is the supporting cast. He's being very supportive. Uh, That's a lovely
1: way to remember something, actually. going to try and lock that in because... I thought that was...
0: A little key thing that I thought was amazing. Oh, yeah,
1: quite important, really, isn't it?
0: I, yeah. I agree. With that. Yes. Totally. And although this was years ago, that has really stuck with me. Oh. Uh, mm. That sort of mama, papa, mm. baby um, trio of, of thinking about it. Absolutely. All those little things. Yes. It's funny. You,
1: you being terribly sensible here. I've just scarped up to the bookshelf and grabbed grabbed this. Okay. Because. This is David Bellamy.
0: What a fantastic artist.
1: Ultimate hero. This is I've followed him from day one with book number one. And I have every book and story that goes with this particular um, little jaunt, every book. Okay. So there's a shelf full of them up there. Mm -hmm. And many, many years ago, Mum and I decided that we were going to treat ourselves to a David Bellamy painting, we're going to have one. And we trotted off to an exhibition. He was here in Petersfield and he had an exhibition. And we, we trotted along with our checkbooks in our purse. And I said, Oh, I'll take a book and get him to sign my book. And my mum said to me, My mum being my mum, no, you're not, take every one of them. But Mum, I've got about 10. <laughs> she said, Take everyone. He said, you've been his greatest supporter, and you've bought all these books. The least he can do is sign them. Oh, <laughs> a poor man. <laughs> so I took these books, and I can remember standing there with two <laughs> 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 and said, creeping to him, said, Oh, please, please, will you sign my books? I mean, totally and utterly starstruck. I just, you know, deep, I just love his artwork. And, you know, God bless him. He stood there and he signed every book, and somehow he managed to find something different to say in every single one. And I yes. love oh. him for it. So, shout out to David Bellamy. That's for you. Thank you very much. Oh,
0: that's lovely. And his artwork is incredible.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, fabulous. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, oh, that- yes, books, art books books and books really I couldn't imagine my
0: house without a book well I'd say I lost several hours yesterday afternoon just getting Mm. a couple of books off the shelves oh I haven't looked in this one and and they're like old friends coming round for a cup of tea which Uh, is just wonderful and I've got a big pile of them here I'm not going to go through them all but you know I think it's sometimes it's about trying to take you outside your comfort zone, but also sometimes it's about saying it's endorsing what you're doing and saying, actually, you're doing something right. So it's a bit of both of those, really, in in my opinion. And I also know that you find music very, very important.
1: Oh, uh, Yes, I can't paint without it. It's quite interesting that years ago when our art society used to go out and paint outside and I found that I was struggling like mad because I couldn't do it. I was just I, I was sit there and inspiration was just somewhere else because I didn't have it okay. and um, it took me a little while to work out what the problem was and it was because I was sitting there in the quiet and I didn't have any music and I, I never work without it not at all not ever and um, I discovered that as soon as I plugged my ears in and I was taking something with me to listen to that was it I was off.
0: Um, That's really interesting.
1: Yeah, but, it, but it's not just that. It's, it's the words of songs have inspired so many paintings. Um, it, it's just a phrase sometimes. There's one I've been listening to and he says, I have a son, his name is Evening. And immediately I sit up and think, Evening, what would he look like? You know, would he have this dark hair? Would he have dark eyes? What would he be wearing? Who is he? What's he doing? And suddenly the story starts to weave, you know, and mm. and I create it that way.
0: But I as soon as you say that description to me, dark hair but with a grey beard. Yes, your evening as in
1: as in age of, of his life, yes, yes, entirely. And um, there's another one I've been listening to recently, and she he says she met. A blue-eyed witch man and they ride white horses. And that's just yeah. brought me out in goose pimples. You know, I just I just need to do that. Yes, My problem that sounds- there is working out how you get close enough to his face to see the colour of his eyes, whilst yeah. you understand that he's he's got a woman in the saddle in front of him and they're riding a white horse. You know, so it's all those issues mm. rolled up. So this one is called When You're Falling and it is uh, Peter Gabriel and the Afro-Celt sound system. And this was inspired just by the first verse where it says, every day you crawl into the night, a fallen angel with your wings set alight. When you hit the ground, everything turns to blue and I can't get through the smoke that's surrounding you. And so I just wanted this angel in free fall with her wings alight and her being almost oblivious to all of it. So I, I like things- Really inspiring. With a bit of an edge. And then we have this one. So people would initially look at that and think, oh, it's two blokes cuddling each other. You know, maybe I don't want to do that. But, but, this was a song by the Alan Parsons Project and it was called Brother Up in Heaven. And it was inspired by them as musicians, by a true story. And this was the start of the Afghanistan war. Twins and one brother was sent out to Afghanistan as a fighter pilot and was shot down by friendly fire. And it's the loss of the other brother who is still at home saying, brother up in heaven, please wait up for me. So it's um, very heartbreaking and beautiful. Yes. And so I wanted that feeling of the terrible loss of the brother in the jeans. And unbeknownst to him, really, the other brother is actually there as the angel still hugging him and saying, it's all right. I will see you again.
0: Oh, that is so stunning! That is absolutely beautiful.
1: So that's that's
0: me and my music. Yes. Well, I often listen to music, and I'm, I'm there's certain things. I have a really eclectic um, range mm-hmm. of of music that I like, from you know Adele to Ed Sheeran to Bring Me the Horizon, which is really quite out there, to classical music, to you know anything in between, and some people that you know. Um, that are, are less well-known. Um, I still listen to CDs. I've got a record player in the corner where I yeah. listen to vinyl. Um, I have CDs as well. Um, and I do listen to music when I go out and paint. But what I find I often do when I'm particularly painting outside, and like you, I find the, the silence really loud. Really strange way of putting it, but it's, it's overpoweringly loud. So I often listen to audiobooks when I'm painting outside. Uh-huh. And for me, what that does is it allows me to focus on the story of what's going on in the book that I'm reading, listening to, sorry. And I let the painting do its own thing. Um, And what it means to me is I'm not focused too much on it. I'm not thinking too hard. And the more I think, the more I find my work gets tight. So the more I sort of step back from that, and I'm focused on something else, the more it just happens. You don't find it distracts you? Yes, and that's the point.
1: It does distract (laughs) me,
0: and Uh that's the point. I want it to, because I want it to, you know, that becomes an automatic reflex.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's interesting, isn't it? Because when I paint, everything else is gone. I can't Mm. think, or it's so immersed in it that, you know, although the music's on, nine times out of ten, I'm not really paying attention to that either, it's it's there but I bet you I bet you that when you were young you used to do your homework with music on
0: yes I did yeah and And I I do still listen to music now it's not that I don't it's just that sometimes it's an audiobook but they have proven haven't they that if you have some
1: kind of noise in the background it helps you do what you're doing to a better degree yes it's it's proven now whereas my parents used to say turn that noise on how can you
0: concentrate but, you know, that's the point, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It allows yeah. you to kind of, I suppose, not think about everything else. Yes. Just hone mm. it
1: down, yeah. It's interesting, isn't it, actually? Yes. The human psyche and how
0: it works. I'm also fascinated by the speed of painting with different pieces of music. I don't know if you found this. If you've got a very gentle, relaxed piece of music on, my painting's quite slow. But if I then go to put something on that's a bit ramped up... I'm I'm painting like fury and sometimes you have to go okay I think I need to change the track (laughs) yeah it's true it's true bless them so apart from David Bellamy are there any other artists that have really inspired you yeah yeah genres
1: Yes, very much so. Um, I mean going back to people and how they influence us. During the summer holidays, my dad when I was a kid, um, I think personally that mum used to get rid of us for a day, just have a bit of a piece of fight <laughs> in the day on the road. <laughs> And um, Dad and I would always, always have a day here or there in the summer holidays going up to London to do the museums and to do the art galleries. And yep. that was brilliant, really. You know, for, for, I must have been quite young when we first started doing that. And um, I was always, always struck by the pre-Raphaelites, even then. And this okay. is where... The whole story ethos of my work comes from because every one of those artists, you know, Millet and Rossetti, they used to paint a story, and um, to this day, I can still remember standing looking at Ophelia in in the water, yes, and so the Lady of Shalott, and then the other one that got me, of course, was Turner. Because yes. there were these great big bizarre splashes of colour, and it was the colour really that used to get me there you know, the translucent yellows. And so here you have the Lady of Shalott, and um, having read the poem at school and been totally devastated by the fact that this lady was locked in a tower. Um, on the river looking down towards Camelot and she'd been told she must not look to Camelot because it would be the death of her. She managed one day while she was spinning to catch sight of Lancelot riding by in a mirror. So she didn't even look but she saw him in a mirror and as she stood up from the loom the mirror cracked from side to side And she couldn't resist. She got out, she went outside, she laid her finery in the boat and she set sail or she just floated down to Camelot. She couldn't stop herself. And of course, it was the death of her. She laid in the boat and she died. And this picture is her knowing. I mean, look at her face. She knows
0: what fate awaits her, but she's still going to go towards it, embrace it. The, the picture of her is stunning, but not just the picture of her, the landscape, the proportions, the composition, the whole thing is just incredible. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is um, Lizzie, Lizzie Siddle,
1: and she was also the model for the Ophelia piece where she was lying in the water. Yes. And they reckon that that particular painting had something like 130, 140 botanical species in it. You know, wow. he really... He went to town, and to this day, that painting's used by botanists today to see what was available in the countryside in that era. So, Isn't that I mean, amazing. But um, the other one, let me show you the other one. This one, see what you make of this. What do you think of that?
0: Wow. This, That's a stunner. This
1: is Carol Back, and he is a Polish artist. And all he paints women, exclusive, quite exclusively. And mm-hmm. they all have this wing theme going on and this circular feel and the kind of headdress, if not halo. And I've just never met anybody like him who can paint like this. That's I, really that,
0: impressive.
1: This just makes me want to throw my paintbrushes on the floor and tread on them. I just love his work.
0: Love it. Absolutely I stunning. Love one in the house. Well, I can show you somebody who inspires me in a similar way and also makes me want to um, throw my brushes down on the floor. Let me find it. So here we have a painting. This is a a detail from a painting by um, Deborah Walker. She's a Royal Society of Marine Artists painter. This is a painting? That's a painting, yes. (laughs) It's watercolour and her paintings are huge. I mean, they are three foot, four foot in size. They're absolutely massive and they are wow. watercolour. Yeah. Um, and I just find it so impressive. I'm not surprised. Oh. Uh, it makes me want to try harder. So it, it's, it's inspiring mm. in as much as it makes you want to try harder yeah. and it makes you want to run away. Yes, exactly. Good. She's brilliant, isn't she? Yes. Oh. But I, I, I've also been inspired by the Impressionists, And what I like about them is how you get, it's less detailed, which is where I'm I'm heading towards anyway, but it is also, um, it's the shimmer that they have because they're not trying to blend everything together. They're putting Mm -hmm. two colours side by side so that they shimmer. And I find that fascinating. And I don't necessarily want to be impressionist in the way that they were, but I'm fascinated by how they did what they did
1: yeah yeah and trying to achieve that effect
0: yeah yeah with just a few colours and a a canvas so what I have found that absolutely fascinating and and I think we both have very strong maternal influences um which is precious um and we both have, I, I think, I certainly feel that I have a wide range of influences. It's not one thing that, that influences me. It's a little bit of this and a little bit of that and this person and that person. And they, they all make me want to try and be better. Um, and I also yes. think, just going to throw something in here, the Artist Demo Days, which we are both a member of, um, to me has given me so much inspiration over the last yes. year during lockdown. Yes, they have made me want to continue painting because I think it would have been very easy yes. to not bother.
1: Well, yes, because it, I, and a lot of people indeed have... Thrown the gauntlet, it or, or thrown their, their brushes down, haven't they? And decided mm. that they've lost their inspiration and their mojo, and it's not there anymore. And I must admit, because of Artist Demo Days, it swept me along in the enthusiasm. Because something we need to point out to people is, if you're being creative, if you are being creative, it creates creativity. Yes, you know, as absolutely. as you're working, you're thinking, oh. I could just do that in a different way. Or what happens if I do that with such and such instead? And I would say to everybody, with inspiration, it's a very fluid thing. And we sometimes go to bed with an idea. But by the time you wake up in the morning with every good intention in the world, it's gone. Mm-hmm. And so have that piece of paper or mm-hmm. use your phone just for a voice note. You yes. know, press it and, and leave your voice note so that you can remember the next day what you were thinking about it's fleeting it's gone I have a book here and this is my notes book Mm. and in that are all the bits and pieces that I think of as I think of them so Mm. write it down don't let it escape you
0: titles of paintings even yes Yes, even if you haven't done the painting, you've got a title that you know you're going to use at, at some point. But, yeah, no, the Artist Demo Days has been a fantastic thing for me over the last 12 months, not least of all because it means we have got back in touch with one another in a much closer way than we, have, we ever had been. Um, yes. But every time one of us has had a, a wobble, at least one other has been there. Um, and yes. for me, that, that has been inspirational.
1: Yeah. Yes, and that's, that's what we need in, in difficult times like this, is not it? somebody yes. else there just to pick up the pieces on the bad days.
0: Yeah, because yeah. we're all going to have them. We're all going to have them. Well, I think <laughs> we have gone on for longer than I expected, but I think that's because there is so much that inspires us um, that I, I don't think there's anything wrong with having gone on and on and on about what does inspire us.
1: And of course, we'd like to hear what inspires you too.
0: Cracky, yes, absolutely. Please, please leave comments. Tell us the things that you agree with. Tell us the things that you disagree with. That's fine. Yeah. But until next time, why don't you... Dip into our conversation.